everyone, Miss Dynamite Stephanie Chase here, and thank you for downloading the latest edition of AW Weekly. As always, this episode was recorded live on YouTube. And if you want to watch live and interact with future shows, join me live on YouTube every Thursday at 10pm UK time on my channel, Stephanie Chase Wrestling. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review on Apple. Now, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Thursday. <laughs> yes, it's not Friday. It's Thursday and it's time for AW Weekly. Yes, thank you so much for joining me, guys. It's nice to see so many of you in here. Who have we got? Who have we got? Heel Hydra. Hello. He says, one day closer to the weekend. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, Heel Hydra. Matthew Makovsky, ready for this. Time is a little weird, but I'm down for it. Hey, everyone. Matthew, what time is it with you and why is it weird? Uh, let me know. Uh, Wasabi King, hello. To know, it's almost clobbering time. It is clobbering time now. We are live. Uh, who else have we got here? Redmond Survivor, hello. Uh, Big Walt Diesel, hello. Hail Hydra says, is it possible to get too much Miss Dynamite? Uh, it certainly is. Ask my mother. I'm sure she feels like she has way too much Miss Dynamite in her life. Um, I did... Do a <laughs> I did do a show last week, um, the last AW Weekly before the arrival of CM Punk in AW, and I think that was that was probably my most uncensored version of AW Weekly because you know on the YouTube I like to keep it clean, and I had no idea last week that my mother was watching, um, and afterwards she really told me off for my language, and all I can say to that is apologies mom and that um I am actually a growing adult so <laughs> what can you do I mean sometimes the passion and the emotion of wrestling and in particular AW gets the better of you and you just have to drop some f-bombs when you're when you're talking about the arrival of CM Punk and how excited you are and what the future is going to bring and WWE and all this stuff um Walter says, because I know I was saying that I was calling the day CM Punkmas. Uh, Walter says, Arthur Ashe is going to be like Christmas morning. I think uh, is I think Christmas morning was Rampage. Maybe uh, last week's Rampage. Maybe um, Arthur Ashe is going to be like Boxing Day. Because Boxing Day for me is still good in a way. It's like kind of better than it. Well, it's like. It's not as good as Christmas because Christmas has the fact that it's Christmas Day, but I get a lot of presents on Boxing Day. So I always love Boxing Day. So Arthur Ashe could be a bit of a Boxing Day. Uh, Tanel says it was the most blue episode. <laughs> Indeed it was. Matthew McCoskey fully believes that Brian is showing up in Chicago now. I don't know if I fully believe that it will be in Chicago, but I fully believe Brian is turning up and... Um, we will get into that. Um, McCaff says, I love AEW. So do I, McCaff. Rampage was great, but Dynamite was like, what? Oh, well, there's always next week. Yeah, we will get into that Dynamite. I think I think a lot of people have takes on that Dynamite. I, I give some of them on Wrestling Daily, but, you know, I don't give everything away. Um, I save a lot for you guys where we can get really in-depth. Um, Hail Hydra. I was in there. I'll believe it when I see it. 
with him coming out, thinking MJF might come out to Punk's music. Then I saw Punk and I cheered like I was eight years old again. Uh, I know like there was a lot of like, you know, theories of stuff that they could do with Punk. Um, Maybe bring out like an MJF, like do some kind of a troll. But we like, I, I never agreed with that. I always wanted Punk just to come out like just to be he's here and after seeing how magical and wonderful that moment was isn't it great that they didn't do any kind of troll like they just let the fans be happy and that's what we love about aw because they want us to be happy and they do things to make us happy and feel warm and and fuzzy inside some guy says one hour wrestling shows a great big fan of rampage me too walter agrees with matthew we'll get a final countdown in chicago um, Raymond Survivor, SRS, my dear friend, Sean Rossap, fan of me, fan of heroin, and fan of breaking wrestling news, says that uh, he keeps heavily hinting that Brian will debut at All Out. Ooh, that would be so, like, stacked. But speaking of CM Punk, um, as I said, the last AEW Weekly I did was when we were living in the pre-punk, the pre-punk era of AEW. If you want to... Um, know more about what I thought about CM Punk's debut. I will be putting a podcast out this week, but you can head over to my Twitch channel. Yes, find me on Twitch. Twitch is back in action. And last night before Dynamite, I watched CM Punk's debut. Well, rewatched, obviously. I did a rewatch of CM Punk's debut, the complete thing, him coming out to Cult's personality, his wonderful speech. I watched it live and it, oh, it was really great. Um, I had some really great people watching and I just watched it live and commented on it as as we went. So, you know, I did some pausing um, and talking about like different little things that he said, what I thought of what he said. It was all completely positive, of course, because I I absolutely loved it. And it's probably my favorite wrestling moment of all time. Um, but yeah, if you want to like, that's only going to probably up, be up for a few more days. But if you want to see me um, watch CM Punk debut and give like little like annotations um to his speech and everything. You can head over to my Twitch channel, Stephanie Chase, and find that there. Uh hello to Grega John. Hi. And uh, Matthew McCoskey says, everyone be honest. How many times have we, we watched it? The entrance itself is at like 40 times. Um, and he also asks, is the Twitch replay still there? It is indeed, Matthew. Um, it is still there. How many times have I watched CM Punk's debut? Uh, a lot, a lot. So I watched it live. Um, of course, I stayed up. And then I watched it first thing when I woke up to make sure that it actually happened and that I wasn't having a dream. Um, then I watched it, I think, about three more times on this Saturday, on this Saturday, the next day, because I was um, uh, in Manchester for RevPro. And I, since then, I mean, I'm definitely in double figures. I'd say I'm close to 20 times re-watching Punk. Um, I loved it. And even when I was watching it last night, and I've watched it so many times, and watching it like live with people watching me watching it, it felt like I was watching it for the first time again because I was getting like proper emotional and I was like about to cry so many times and everything. So yeah, it's like, it, it never stops being amazing. It really, it never stops being amazing. Uh, I saw a few questions up here. Let me get back to them. Um, 
Hail Hydra has watched it half a dozen times, maybe. Wasabi King, The Walk-In, and not his speech, about 40 times, speech about 25 times. Yeah, um, The Walk-In, like I was saying last night, I don't think we can ever listen to Cult of Personality again without hearing CM Punk chants over it. So when I'm um, been out my walk and Cult of Personality comes on, like, on my shuffle, because it's a very, like, highly played song to me, because um, I'm one of those people that I like, I like to walk and think slash imagine things, so I need, like, a very good soundtrack um so sometimes i've been like pausing it and watching it instead just having the audio of cm punk debut so i can hear the song and have the, the chance um mccab said by the way steph how many figures did you buy and who yeah you may have seen on my channel that i posted a video this week of me out shopping for aw action figures uh the figure i bought was kenny omega i'll get him down for you um i bought this kenny omega action figure um and it's wonderful absolutely wonderful um the the action figures are are really really great i'm not a figure person i'm no matt cardona but um i love this figure so much he's super cool um i have darby allen and i have jericho as well so i thought it was time to buy the champ kenny omega uh, i absolutely recommend the aw action figures and i recommend you watching my video so i can get more views thank you um my gosh, there's lots of people today. Um, Hail Hydra, Steph's video on figures shopping made me go and breathe the stupid Canadian heat today and look for figures. No luck, but might try again tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry you had no luck. It's amazing how many I find in the UK. Like, um, to kind of just like sidetrack a bit, I'm I'm really interested in um, like the the business of wrestling and like, the visibility of wrestling, and especially in the UK because wrestling is not very visible in the uk at all like no matter what people try and tell you it's not it, it, it is just not big at all in the uk but going into the toy shops i went in a couple of months ago um when i bought the darby and jericho figures and there were more AEW figures this time which makes me feel like they must be selling well and the wwe section of figures looked smaller so I'm I'm very positive on how well AEW are doing in the UK, despite the fact that they've had, um, like th they haven't been able to do like TV appearances. They've not been able been able to promote over here, and their deal with ITV, frankly, isn't the best. But um, shopping for figures, I, I, it's it's just super fun. I love looking at the AEW figures. I really want a Britt Baker figure. They need to do that. Um, oh, hot take, hot take already from Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Welcome, welcome to the family. And you're you're right in there with a with a hot take. CM Punk promo Wednesday was weak and bad. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, Wasabi King says um, the promo was great. Uh, he's talking about the rampage one. The crowd really makes it special. Also, f the people making fun of the guy who cried. Yeah, I talked about that yesterday. Anyone making uh, fun of the guy who cried has a heart of stone um because uh that was uh terrible uh hello to matt howard hi i've not seen you before matt welcome to the fam um taking one of my sons to his first wrestling show on the 20th september unfortunately it's wwe <laughs> not aew but <laughs> i love like the honesty there and uh, that is unfortunate um but wondered if you thought rev pro would be a good second show for an 11 year old um 
Yeah, so we have the, I, I take it you're going to the WWE show in London, and we have the Rev Pro show um, at York Hall the day before. Um, I do think that it, it would be good for an 11-year-old. Like, you're going to see really exciting matches at that show. Uh, we have Will Ospreay. We have Aussie Open. Um, it, I will say that um, the presentation, like, might be a little more adult. You might, like, hear one or two F-bombs dropped. Um, but they are really, like really fun shows. It's I do see quite a lot of kids at Rev Pro, especially the smaller shows that we have, um, and I think that's wonderful. So I would say absolutely. Like if your kid likes wrestling, it's really cool to take them to something that's not like a big promotion like Rev Pro, um, because I think that's the way you you get kids to be like really like really deeply connected to wrestling to see something on a smaller scale so um i would say take your 11 year old to see rev pro absolutely and and you'll get to see me there um uh cat said Brit, brit's figure is out not not in the uk um sadly um okay uh, so wow i had so many things that i wanted to touch on um as I said, I was in. I spent last week in Liverpool. That was great. Went figure shopping. Then I watched Rampage. Then I got to be on the Rampage post call. Where I got to pose a question to uh, my hero Tony Khan and my other hero CM Punk. That was amazing. Um, and then, speaking of Rev Pro, I was at Rev Pro on Saturday. It was absolutely awesome. Um, big show in Manchester. You can watch that at rpwondemand.com. It was a great show. And I got to be like in front of the biggest crowd I've ever been in front of. That was really, really cool. I actually met Sean, who's in who's usually in the chat on AEW Weekly. So I like I actually got to meet someone that watches these shows in person. So that was really, really cool. So shout out to Sean, who I'm sure will be watching this on, on replay. It was lovely, lovely to meet um, a subscriber. Oh, Ms. Cass said, I heard you in the post show. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, Greg also says, I heard you in the post show, Stephanie. Thank you. Um, yeah, indeed. Uh, it, was, it was just great. It's great. As I said on Twitter, like it felt like, you know, I, I was so sad that I wasn't able to able to be there because to, to be there to see CM Punk return is the most incredible thing but I think that um getting to just be on like that post-show call it made you feel like you were like a little part of history and it made me like really really happy um and then I came, I had a really great chilled uh, Sunday where I went to like a lot of great bars in Liverpool. I came back to London on Tuesday and now I am planning all out week, which will start on Monday. Because as you know, when it's an AEW pay-per-view, I do a full week of content. So um, all out week will be kicking off on Monday. I have some fun stuff planned. Hopefully I will get some interviews for you guys as well. The only thing I won't be doing that I usually do is there will be no all out pre-show for me because I will be hosting the Hooked on Wrestling all out viewing party in London. And if you head to my Twitter, the um the work the ticket link is my pinned tweet if you live in london if you live in the uk or if you're crazy enough to 
travel to London to watch All Out in a Bar. Come and watch it with me and Hooked on Wrestling. I will be playing AEW entrance music tunes, including Judas and Cult of Personalities. And um, I will also, there will be the, the quiz and I'll be doing a um, Q&A as well. So it's going to be so much fun. Um, and I will do a post-show, Matthew. Um, I will, of course, review the pay-per-view. I just can't do a pre-show. However, if you want to have a little bit of fun before you watch All Out, um, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Stephanie M. Chase and on Twitter because I will be filming and posting a lot of footage as well hooked on wrestling from the event. So you can see some of the stuff I'm doing. You can see Steph Chase MC. Um, Darren, I just got a ticket for AW All Out event at London for the bar at Old Street. That's what I'm hosting, Darren. I will see you there. I will be your host for the night. Redmond Survivor is it hook themed? Every day is hook themed. Uh, Walter karaoke after. Um, I don't know if I'll be doing karaoke after, but I will be singing along to Judas and encouraging everybody, everybody in London to. Um, sing along to Judas. So that's really fun. As I said, get your tickets um, on my Twitter in the pinned link. And as you may see, I have a new chair. It is a really comfy chair. And I got this chair to do even more streaming. So this chair is a sign that you can, you're going to be catching me live a lot. It's the first comfy chair I have ever had. Um, but uh, I have rambled on way too much and we haven't even got into Dynamite wasn't the best dynamite though so you know maybe i'm just stalling and let's get into dynamite Woo! well they started the show with happiness because they recapped cm punk's debut so that was a lovely way to start the show um it's and hopefully you know we got a lot of new viewers watching this week um who were hyped because cm punk is here we did get cm punk and dynamite but before that we had Orange Cassidy defeating Matt Hardy. Uh, both of them were solo in the ring. They had none of their seconds with them. We got delete chance at the start of this match. Um, towards the end, Matt Hardy was busted open pretty bad from his nose. It looked like it might have been broken. Uh, so per Matt Hardy, that's my worst nightmare. Um, one of my worst nightmares would be to have a broken nose. Um, so as we got to the end, they fought on the top rope until Orange sent Hardy to the mat and he mocked the Jeff Hardy pose and hit a hands and pocket swanton bomb. Um, Orange went for the twist of fate, but Hardy counted out of it, hit a diving elbow drop for two. Orange came back with a twist of fate for another near fall. Um, Hardy avoided the Orange punch and went for his leech submission, but Orange uh, turned it into a hands and pockets cradle for the pin. Um, this match was not what I would have opened uh, the show with. Uh, I think putting Orange Cassidy in the top in the opening position was pretty cool. I think Orange Cassidy is definitely a guy that people are drawn to. He's so unique. He's so different. But I just. You know, I don't, I'm I'm not into Matt Hardy and I'm not feeling the whole Hardy family office storyline, everything like that. It's just like, not. it's not for me at all. Um, 
and I just don't think he worked in this position. Uh, I get the idea of putting like a name out there, like an ex WWE guy, but he's really not the one um, I would have chosen. I think that them both coming out without their seconds, when Matt Hardy has a whole Hardy family office, it can be really annoying because there's so many people. But then when you see him solo, it's like, oh, this is lacking some extra uh, energy. So I can't say I was a fan um, of this match at all. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, my feelings about Matt Hardy. And I'm really sorry that I have these feelings about Matt Hardy, but everything in AEW is so great. And I, he's just like the, the thing that kind of, I don't know, a little bit drags it down for me. Um, to Noel says... Uh, Hardy got busted up in the high cross. Redmond Survivor. He thought it was a fun opener. That's good. Um, to know, surprisingly, the Hardy family office versus best friend feud continues. He said, with stone firmly planted in cheek. Yeah, it does continue. Um, it casts a solid match. Other than the tag team, no real option. At least it was one-on-one, -on -one, no shenanigans. Um, uh, some guy says, I'm not a fan of the HFO Matt Hardy theme. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's interesting to see some of you enjoyed the match. So that's really good to hear. It might just be me out, out on an island that wasn't enjoying it. Um, it's not that I didn't enjoy the match, but you know what I mean? I was just kind of like, oh, we're opening with Matt Hardy, are we? But we did. And it was fine. It was, it was fine. Um, wouldn't do it again, but it was fine. If you're if you're new, I uh, I do drink diet coke throughout um all my streams because I get extremely thirsty. Um, Matthew Matthew has says honestly I have no thoughts. I was only using my AirPods to listen to commentary because I was making dinner. Thank you, Matthew. That was a worthwhile comment. <laughs> only joking. I love Matthew. Um, hello to King Can. Uh, perhaps related to Tony Can. Hopefully not related to Nick Can, who just says A W A W A W A W A W A W. <laughs> um, let's move on. We had Malachi Black doing a promo. Malachi Black has uh put even more of his Urban Decay makeup palette on his face. But you know what? We're ignoring that because he's absolutely brilliant and wonderful uh, in AEW. And I'm so glad uh, because I was nervous when he came in. And if all we're going to get is a little bit of bad eye makeup um, as far as, you know, his like spookiness, that's fine with me because he's been excellent. He said that he agreed with Brock Anderson's dad. Brock's in over his head. He demanded that when the bell rings, Brock apologizes. If that doesn't happen, Black will take his anger out on Brock, Aaron, Cody, and anyone remotely associated with the Nightmare family. Uh, fine promo from Alistair Black. Um, still not totally sure like where his like, such his deep hatred of the Nightmare family comes from, but very, very good. Uh, yeah. Um, let me see. McCass said the card for Dynamite was just meh. Uh, Tony Khan needs to book a better card with the roster they have. Um, yeah, I think I'll talk about this later. They, I appreciate so much them showcasing young talent and people that haven't been on TV much. I'm just not sure this was the week to do it. Matthew says, what if Tony Khan and Nick Khan are secretly twin brothers and Tony sent Nick to WWE to screw them over? I mean, somebody sent Nick to WWE to screw them over. I think that's a, that's a fair point. 
Still, um, so I'd prefer not seeing Matt Hardy wrestle anymore until Jeff can join them and they can do one final run to get to Hardy versus Bucks and then have the Hardys right off in the sunset. Yeah, I think um, I think that uh, we need like Jeff to come in and give Matt Hardy his uh, final run. Um, now, moving on. It was time for Chris Jericho. He said he had an announcement to make following last week where he submitted. He tapped out to MJF. So he wasn't even on Rampage. I was actually sad that he wasn't on Rampage for CM Punk's debut. I'm still waiting for a picture of them backstage together. That will make me super happy. Though there was, side side note, there, uh, Jericho posted a picture with Sting. And a sports personality that I don't know the name of because I'm not American. And I was very happy to see a picture of Jericho and Sting together. Like, super, super cool. I started Googling to see if this was the first picture of them ever. And I think it might be. Um, anyway, uh, Jericho came out. Uh, he said that he's disappointed because he lost to MJF for the third time. And even worse, he tapped out. But people, people in his life have been saying, why do you care? You're Chris Jericho. But he said, I care because I am Chris Jericho. He put himself through all that punishment because he had to. It's what he does. Um, he had to beat MJF because it's like a mantra running through his head. Beat MJF, beat MJF, beat MJF. Jericho said he would continuously call out and attack MJF until it's over. He even threatened to go to MJF's house. That would be a fun skit, a Brian Pillman Austin style. Um, he invited MJF to come out and hear his proposal, but MJF didn't come out. Jericho then proposed one more match at All Out, because if he can't beat MJF, maybe he doesn't belong in AEW anymore. Um, if MJF beats him, he will never wrestle in AEW again. MJF then came out. He said this is embarrassing. He told Jericho to just leave him alone. Uh, MJF was wearing a t-shirt that said MJF 3, Jared Blow 0, uh, which of course is a takeoff on the t-shirt that Jericho had made back in WCW, where it said Jericho 3, Greenberg zero. That was during his feud with Goldberg. I did tweet out a picture of these um of these next uh to each other. Um, if you wanna if you wanna see that. Anyway, so MJF told Jericho to just leave him alone. And he said that his udders are dry. Udders is one of my favorite words. So I popped for M MJF baby faced himself to me for the first time uh ever just by using the word udders because it's very it's funny. Um he said the only reason Jericho is obsessed with MJF is because that he needed the rub from the fastest rising star in professional wrestling. However, while being, being able to say I tapped out Chris Jericho is cool, saying I ended Chris Jericho is legendary. He accepted telling Jericho he needs to be careful because he's better than him. And he knows it. Um, I thought this was a great um, back and forth here between um, uh, Jericho uh, and MJF. Of course, Jericho tapped out last week. I know a lot of people were saying, like, this is the end of the feud. MJF's gone over. Jericho tapped out. I was here like, 
Well, have you guys been watching? That's clearly not the end of the feud. They have to have a match at All Out. And we're getting it. And as I thought, Jericho is putting his career on the line. Um, I think that, firstly, it was interesting that he's, he stated he'll never wrestle in AEW again. And I think he just said that to make more people think that he could actually lose this match because... Maybe he'll wrestle elsewhere in New Japan, WWE, uh, whatever. I think it's funny that um, prior to SummerSlam, for no reason on the SummerSlam Go Home SmackDown, Roman Reigns was like, put his career on the line in his match with John Cena. And it was like, what are you doing, Roman? We all know you're not retiring. Like, what? That was just silly. So at least this is a a retirement career on the line stipulation that people can actually buy into because, of course, he does have um a job you know another job now as a rampage commentator so the stipulation to me is believable and i thought it was a great promo from mjf who um and a great promo from jericho as well but uh, with mjf i felt like a lot of his promos in daily's place weren't as great as they were back on the on the road era and i think he's really found his groove again uh let's see what you guys think of this as a match for um all out why um sorry i went too far back okay matthew matthew loves predictions <laughs> prediction number one for brian danielson debut mjf beats jericho mjf claims himself to be the best in the world enter the final countdown i don't think that's coming true because then jericho would have to lose <laughs> McCast, Steph, this, this, not happy about another MJF match. Sorry. I'll make you happy about it, McCast. We've got we've got just over a week to get excited about this one because I am excited about this one. Um uh, uh the oh sorry, the guy that Jericho and Sting posed with with was Giannis of MD, NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, he's a basketball player. Uh, yes, sorry guys, as you know, not an American. I am but um, uh, I am but an Irish girl trying to make sense of American culture and your sports. <laughs> uh, Redmond Survivor was hoping the Jericho versus MJF feud was over after last week, but being so close to the pay-per-view, I get why they're running it back. Um, uh, this is a long comment. Uh, some guy, my only problem with Jericho versus MJF stuff is that we've just seen this match. We're getting again at pay-per-view. Couldn't the fifth labor have been at the pay-per-view? Am I making sense? I think if the... I feel like this has to be... Like, going somewhere more. Like, maybe next week it will be turned into no disqualification or, or something like that. I totally, like, get when they announced, like, the, that the fifth labor was going to happen in Dynamite. I was proper shocked um, because I thought it was going to be a pay-per-view match, and now it is the pay-per-view match. So, I don't know. I feel like an extra layer could be added or something. Um, Tanol says, I'm wondering if AW will find a way to include Wardlow into this so that they start the program for Wardlow and MJF as Wardlow will cost MJF somehow. I do think that Wardlow will cost MJF the match and that will start the um, uh, the feud finally between MJF and Wardlow. Um, Andrew says, you look like Miro's wife, Lana. Thank you, I'll take it. Uh, Tanol agreed, uh, are you MJF's promos? I think he feeds off the crowd really well. Yes, he absolutely, absolutely does. 
Um, Darren, do you know why AEW has not signed Tessa Blanchard? For me, she's the best female wrestler out there. Uh, Google, Google that, Darren. Um, uh, a lot of stuffs happened that that makes it that yeah, she's she's not really an option to get signed by AEW. Uh, WWE may take the chance with her, but uh, not the best reputation. Um, next, okay. The varsity blondes were in the locker room. They might not have the bloodline that the Lucha bloodline bond that the Lucha Bros have, but they're focused on their goal of taking on the Young Bucks inside a steel cage. Um, and then we have the match. Uh, the Young Bucks and the rest of the uh, elite Brandon Cutler uh, came out to watch this match. It was the Lucha Brothers defeating the bar varsity blondes, the semifinals of the tag title eliminator match with the winning team facing Jurassic Express this Friday for a shot against the Young Bucks in a steel cage at All Out. So as we got to the end of this match, the Blondes isolated Phoenix and Garrison hit a driving crossbody for two. Penta got involved. They took turns kicking Pillman um, before an assisted package. Pile Driver got the Lucha Brothers to win. Pretty much an out of nowhere win here. After the match, the Lucha Brothers and the Jurassic Express faced off in the ring. Um, and the the Bucks came in and shoved Jurassic Express into the Lich Brothers. It looked like the two teams um were gonna uh, fight, but then they kicked the Bucks to the floor and took them out with dives. Um, I thought this was a um, I thought this was a perfectly fine match. It was certainly not the best that I have um, seen from the Lucha Brothers, and I just think it's because Varsity Blondes are great, but they uh, you know they're still green and they still need to get those reps in and i think the lucha brother bros being like such a innovative tag team maybe weren't the best opponents for them because they have a unique style and they work the match in a unique way that i think you need to be a more experienced wrestler to get in there and you know have quicker instincts and think on your feet more than the varsity blondes are able to do at this stage of their career um it was good. It it certainly wasn't bad. I think the right team won. Um, I think the Lich Bros and Jurassic Express is going to be a great match. Uh, yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see who they put up against the Young Bucks because it does kind of look that like it may just be the the Jurassic Express getting the match at the pay per view because this is a feud that we're still on and they still seem to be building that. But uh, let's see what you guys think. Um, Redmond Survivor, my favorite part was the post-match when the box shoved them um, and the faces didn't fall for it. Yeah. Um, McCaff said, good match, but the blondes wrestled the wrong style of match. They tried to outdo Lucha Bros that don't work. They'll learn. By the way, Sierra Mateo. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, they did wrestle the wrong style of match. I totally agree with that. Redmond says, it was a decent match, but you could tell the blondes were struggling to keep up with the Lucha Bros. Yeah, I think it was just a case of them being out, um, out of their depth. And that's fine, really, because you, when you're learning, when you're on the way up, you you do kind of need moments of, I don't want to say failure, but like moments of struggle. And they did seem out of their depth. And um, it was still fine much because you're never going to have a bad match in there with the Lucha Brothers. But yeah, it wasn't the best that I've seen of the Varsity Blondes. Um, Okay, and then we had Andrade and Chavo cut a promo saying Pac is great, but Andrade is better. They will battle it all out. Um, that's a match that I don't think has been built up well at all, but we'll see. But I think Andrade really 
really needs to have a good match there and who better to like help him get to that than pack um then we had jamie hater the the re-debut shall we say of jamie hater as uh, she came out with rebel which um it's like pop for rebel and then Britt baker comes out and the crowd goes absolutely wild because everybody loves her and jamie hater defeated red velvet um, I think the most notable thing in this match is that Velvet missed a standing moonsault. Um, he hit her then, um, hit her with a choke breaker and a running lariat for the win. After the match, hit her and Rebel attacked her. And then Chris Statlander ran out. She is Britt Baker's all out opponent. And then they faced off. Um, and then Baker escaped to the floor. So I think, like, Jamie, um, Jamie looked incredible. Like she, she looked amazing. And and having worked with her in Rev Pro, um, I know, how, like firstly, like she, she just deserves this uh, so much, and she's so so uh, dedicated. And it's really cool to see her back where she belongs in AEW. Um, I thought she had a great performance. Um, she looked like so dominant and she looked like a freaking superstar and I don't think you can ask for much better uh Red Velvet she did have an off night I think a lot of people were, were talking about the um her missing the stunning moonsault and I just kind of feel sorry for Red Velvet um in general because I feel like I hear a lot of people say that they give Red Velvet these big spots because she had the Jade Cargill match. She had that match with Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. But I I think that she gets these big spots and it's actually um, in a way like kind of detrimental to her because it feels like she's always just like a, a, a pit stop in another woman's story that we don't really get like a fully we've never had any kind of red velvet you know like run or serious story about herself it's like she was the girl that took on uh jade cargill that match was entirely about jade cargill um she took on Britt baker in pittsburgh that match was entirely about uh, Britt baker and tonight like this was a showcase for jamie hater so i would like to see red velvet get in involved in the feud where it it can be about both competitors because it just seems like she's usually um given this spot but uh i did think that jamie just was great and i can't wait to see her do more matches and take on more opponents in in aw uh redmond says i will say velvet selling was really good but she missed a lot of her spots um cheesy biscuit finger says hater was incredible in this match um uh, yeah mccaff said they they did great despite the botch they worked it into the finish um uh, and then, uh, Matthew, yes, it is true that Britt pushed for Jamie to return. Um, Cheesy Biscuit Finger says she comes across quite heelish, even though she's being pushed hard. Um, I think you talk about Red Velvet, and yeah, um, uh, she does come across quite heelish. Um, Redman says, AW has a lot of women with a great upside like Velvet, but they're just not ready for these big spots yet. Picking up the likes of Ruby and Mercedes will do wonders. Yeah, 
Ruby come in and will really, really help. Um, because I was thinking they could have put Sheeta in there. It would have made a bigger impact for sure. Um, I mean, I'd love to see Sheeta versus Jamie, but I don't think that would have been right yet to put Sheeta in the spot having, like, since she not long ago lost the Women's Championship and we kind of need her story to um, build build herself uh, back up. Um, okay, so, oh, a really sad moment. The Dark Order were backstage. Evil Uno said the Dark Order is a unit and units sometimes face obstacles, like a couple of weeks ago when some members stayed back during the Hanuman Page beatdown. Reynolds, though, he had a problem with what Uno said, blaming Uno for the beatdown, um, saying that he hadn't seen uh, Hangman Page in weeks. Uno told Reynolds to stay in John Silver's shadow. Um, and Reynolds told Uno just because he had number one in his name doesn't mean he's the leader. This is very sad to see the Dark Order going against each other like this. Um, it was heartbreaking to watch. I love the Dark Order. I love their friendship. They're like human Muppets. And I mean that as a wonderful compliment. Um, however, uh, what this as a storyline... I think this is a good idea um i like the idea of like just adding to the the layers of the dark order because of course we first saw them as the the cult being led with Bodhi lee and then they showed all this um amazing personality um uh in being the elite and then of course they turned baby face in um you know terrible circumstances with uh with Brody's passing um and then they've been such an integral great part of this um hangman page storyline so it's interesting to see another layer like a bit of infighting um in the group um let me see a redman survivor the dark order was a little bit drama school acting but i love the story beats oh i love them uh cheesy biscuit fingers bray coming in for the dark order rescue i really hope they don't do this uh john cena bray white will reunite them aw has upcoming shows in rochester and new orleans um and hello to john cena oh my god i can't believe you're here john cena from the up next network uh shot in the dark hello hello that's really cool that you're here um I know a lot of people want to see Bray Wyatt come in and lead the Dark Order. I really don't want to see that. I just don't think it's... I don't know how to put this. I just don't think it's right. I don't... I, I've, I have really liked how they have not had a leader since Brody's passing. And I think that was the proper way to handle it. And I just think the idea of someone especially someone that was also associated with Brody coming in to like be their new leader. I'm just not really on board with that. Um, I like them the way they are where there's like no clear leader um, and they're just this group of misfits bonded together by like shared experience. Um, and I really, I really love how they are. Um, then, okay. We have CM Punk making his Dynamite debut. Ooh. Here we go. 
Tony Schiavone was doing the Judy. If you listened to Tony's most recent podcast, he actually revealed that like this is how Punk was going to debut. It was going to be an in-ring segment with Tony. And then they changed their mind um, at the last minute, which is really good because I think the way he debuted was perfect. Um, and I, I don't think it would have been... It, you know what? Like anything he he did would have been fantastic, but I do just think it was better um, the way they did it than having Tony there. So Tony said it was an honor to share the ring with him. Um, uh, made me wonder. How, I wonder how much, how many CM Punk matches Tony Schiavone has seen because their wrestling careers, like they kind of passed each other, and I just wonder, like. How much like has Tony been at home, WWE Network looking up CM Punk matches, going on, oh, going on uh, the deeper web trying to find Ring of Honor matches? I just really, really, I do wonder about that. So Punk was asked what one thing brought him back to wrestling. Punk said, "I can't hear you, Tony," um, referencing everyone chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. He then told the crowd, "You're just a little too loud." And then he said, "I'm kidding. I want all that and more." So Tony asked the question again, uh, what is the one thing that brought him back to wrestling? Punk said, it's Penta, it's Phoenix, it's Brian Pillman Jr., it's Jungle Boy. But before them, there's one guy. Punk said he was going to retire the nickname of the voice of the voiceless because it's not needed anymore because these people have a voice and there's people back there who listen. Uh, and then he said, you know why I'm here, Darby Allen. I've watched you. I've seen how reckless you are. I see you and I see the rest of the young talent. And I say, can CM Punk still go? Does CM Punk still have what it takes? Can CM Punk still be best in the world? I look at Darby Allen. He would have been my favorite at 15. I see myself. He doesn't fit the mold of, of what someone else thinks a pro wrestler is. He's not the biggest. He's not the strongest, but he's got heart. Um, I'm going to answer those questions to myself. Can you still be the best in the world? The crowd then started chanting, yes, yes, yes. CM Punk, amazing answer. What a what a tease because he said that's somebody else's stick and you might just need to be a little bit more patient okay uh then he said september 5th all out not about proving haters wrong but proving myself right um one more thing i just want to say hi to my beautiful wife sitting at home i love you april um Excellent promo. Uh, love the ending there. Um, AJ Lee getting a shout out. That's another person I would love to see return to wrestling. And I like that she tweeted afterwards that she didn't expect to hear her government name on TV. Um, I I feel like uh, I I really liked this promo. I can see people you know saying that maybe it was like a little bit of the same of what he said in rampage um as it pertains to darby allen but i thought this was really good because punk and darby aren't feuding like nothing has happened like it's this is not a feud uh the match isn't about this so it's in that way it's not a traditional pro wrestling match because you know pro wrestling is built on feuds um but it made me think, like, when the CM Punk, you know, rumors 
um, when it seemed definite that Punk was coming back to wrestling that day when it was reported. Um, I sent out a tweet, and this was a tongue-in-cheek joke tweet um, that, of course, some people took seriously, but that's Twitter. Uh, but I tweeted, like, I'd like to see Punk debut and attack Darby Allen because he's jealous that Darby Allen, this alternative guy, is in a company that actually, like, allows him to be himself and lets him get over and be handled properly. Um, and, like, listening to the promo that he did, um, the thing, like, Darby is... The, like the successor of CM Punk. They have so many similarities. Um, and Darby is in the great position that he's in AEW and he's allowed to be Darby Allen. Like he's allowed to be that guy. He's allowed to look, wrestle, talk however he wants to. And he's got over being himself. You saw like in the crowd, like a little kid with Darby Allen face paint. Not the only time that's happened. Like, um, and it's so wonderful that he's that he is allowed to be this person. And I always felt with CM Punk that WWE could have done so much more with CM Punk. And CM Punk knows that they could have done so much more with him. So I like this promo, like referencing um, how similar they are. Um, and then, like, to me, that was, you know, what he was saying when he said that he is retiring the the voice of the voiceless because these people, as in us, we do have a voice now because AEW exists and there's people in the back who listen. And that is absolutely true. And that's exemplified by the fact that Darby Allen is on AEW being allowed to be Darby Allen in a way that CM Punk was not allowed to be CM Punk. So, um, and then of course Darby saying like you would have been my favorite wrestler when I was when I was 15 which is you know how I think about Darby as well he would have been my favorite wrestler when I was 15 too um, so I really liked that and him bringing in um, those elements and you know I, I just like the idea of putting together two guys who are super similar uh, but they're both in like completely different stages in their career and it's like CM Punk CM Punk walked so Darby Allen could run but the problem is when CM Punk was doing that walk he hit so many hurdles put down by Vince McMahon CM Punk walked Vince McMahon put hurdles up to to make him stumble and then he put a freaking huge roadblock up to like stop him completely in his tracks but Darby Allen thanks to Tony Khan is able to run and run free but now CM Punk is in the place where he can run free as well in AEW uh, let me see a couple of your comments here um, okay, so Cheesy Biscuit Finger says it was just a repeat of Rampage, unfortunately, although the Danielson tease was awesome. Um, I think I just, you know, answered that. I think he, he built on what was said in Rampage. Um, Darren, do you think a Punk versus MJF feud after Darby Allen? Because when Punk named young talent, he is not named MJF. I think MJF would be a great person for Punk to, to feud with because 
they're so opposite that it will work. I think he can do great. Um, Ed Jeff can do great heel work with Punk. Like imagine the material he could make up with Punk. Um, uh, is AJ Lee coming? I hope so. Uh, Punk's face was hilarious. He had that, shall I actually say this look? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyone, Matthew says, anyone else feel like this match doesn't need actual build after, uh, other than what they've done? Uh, I feel like it's built itself and doesn't need to be more. I mean, yeah, this is the build and this is all we need. Um, like this, this is all we need. Um, um, also with the Brian tease, um, that was super cool. And I wonder how planned that was really, because with the stuff that Punk was saying, you could you could maybe predict if you wanted to that the crowd would say yes, yes, yes. So I wonder if he thought I can get a yes, yes, yes chant, and if I do, that's what I'm going to say. And I think it's interesting to point out like the people, eagle-eyed people, like really people who people who must be watching uh, Dynamite with a magnifying glass, um, have been pointing out stuff that Punk initials that he's had written on his shoes. And he's had AC, which could stand for Adam Cole, or he might be a big fan of air conditioning. And he, um, BW, which of course could stand for Bray Wyatt. And if this is true, if CM Punk, if we're getting Adam Cole, and Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan come into this company. It is so, so funny um, and a wonderful idea for CM Punk, the guy who up until Friday, people were teasing, giving little hints, you know, Darby saying best in the world. We had Kenny wearing a Cookie Monster t-shirt and then the best Kenny wearing a Chick Magnet t-shirt. It would be very funny if this hinting of future signings has been passed on to the guy that everyone was hinting about before, I think that's really, really cool. But, um, another thing I wanted to bring up, um, about punk that I was thinking a lot about when I, I've been thinking a lot about this ever since he's returned and watching him and his return Sorry, guys, I'm super thirsty tonight. Um, he just seems in such a good place right now. And I think it's really, it's wonderful, like, to watch. Because CM Punk, um, CM Punk's personality, it's very Marmite. I mean, uh, he's... I don't want to like negatively describe his personality because I love him and I love his his personality. But I've always felt like there's similarity between CM Punk and my other, well, not my other favorite man because this is my favorite man and CM Punk would be my top five favorite man, but he wouldn't be like number one or number two. So I've always thought there's like there's a similarity between CM Punk and my favorite man, Axel Rose. Um, their personalities, like there's a lot of 
they both have, have like carried a lot of anger and I feel like punk now watching him back it feels like how like I look at Axel now and he just seems like in a in a better place where he can be happy and content and I think that's really great and I I relate to punk uh and Axel a lot um personality wise because I feel like both of them back in the we'll say back in the day uh so like in the in the heyday of Guns N' Roses and when Punk was in WWE they just seemed like they were all everything was a fight if you know what I mean like everything was a fight and a lot of it you know it was like justified because Punk he he should have fought against the WWE system and what WWE were doing but at the same time like you look at how they carried themselves and you do think like they made it hard like that's hard work to be like that and I just feel like with myself with like how I am no personality wise like I feel like to me every when when you're doing something like what I'm doing, you know, trying to, um, like, you know, like, um, make a name for yourself in a business, especially a business like that is totally male dominated. Like I feel like sometimes I feel like every day is, is a fight and every day is like a struggle. And like, I talk to other people, mostly that are, are guys who are just, you know, like so happy and like they have a level of happiness and contentment that I can never feel. And I always feel like I can't wait for the day when I can just be like, you know, like breathe out and rest and like just be happy. And when I look at how Axel was like when he was young, um, he just, it just must, must have been exhausting, exhausting um, going, like fighting those battles that he did whereas other people in his position would have been just so happy to be like to make it in this huge band and he just wasn't happy and wasn't content and that's not me saying that he should have been um but it just must have been like it's exhausting to fight every day and it would have been exhausting to be CM Punk it would have been exhausting to be CM Punk um with um how he was in in WWE you know and I feel like now he just seems like he's just happy and content and he's just able to enjoy himself and I really like hope that he is enjoying himself now anyway and maybe one day I'll just enjoy myself <laughs> Anyway, that was a major tangent. Next, we had Nero, who admitted to being wrong about Fuego de Sol, but he doesn't forgive uh, Eddie Kingston. He will find Kingston because he is the redeemer. Um, his 
and his wife will love him because he is the champion. Bring me the Mad King before I burn this place to the ground. Uh, just another like great promo by Miro. Like every week, he just completely knocks it out of the park. Um, I just really, um, yeah, I just, he's just so great. He's just like so, so great. Um, and then next um, we had John Moxley, uh, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen with Sting defeating the wingmen, Ryan Nemeth, Cesar Bononi, and J.D. Drake with Peter Avalon. Um, this was a really odd choice, I thought, to give the wingmen this spot. Um, like, really? Um, it was like... Yeah, I just, I, they're not ready for like this level of a dynamite. Um, so as we got to the end, Darby Allen hit an avalanche cold, code red and he put in slaps until Peter Avalon tripped him up. Sting, Moxley and Kingston cornered Avalon and beat him down. Ryan Nemeth brought a chair to the ring. So Moxley and Kingston uh, took him out. Then it was just down to Allen and Drake and Allen hit a stunner and the coffin dropped for the win. Um, then after the match, Daniel Garcia ran out and attacked Allen, but he fled once Sting, Moxley and Kingston entered the ring. Um, I think that... The wingmen were just not the ones for this spot. Like 2.0 and Daniel Garcia would have been a lot better and given a more exciting match. I thought it was good to get like the visual of um, of Darby doing the coffin drop and Darby being out after, you know, CM Punk had talked about him. But still, I just thought like it wasn't, it wasn't the best use of like John Moxley and Eddie Kingston and Darby Allen, who are just like such a great team of stars. Um, I would have put someone else in this. Um, oh, as McCaff says, there's a better trio out there for them to face. Yeah. Uh, Redmond survivor Moxie cracks me up, just charging back in the ring at the end of the beer in his hand, telling Darby, F that guy. Um, uh, Wasabi says, Miro versus Eddie at Arthur Ashe. I hope that would be the perfect place to do that match. Um... Darren, hello. Um, enjoy your show, Steph. This is my first time here, and I'll be a regular every Thursday night from now on. Any other drinks you like apart from Diet Coke? Coffee. <laughs> and rosé wine. And Prosecco or champagne. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the question. Um, yeah, to no point out that 2.0 couldn't be in the show. Um I know. I just, I just wish someone had gotten the spot other than the wingmen. They just weren't the, the, the ones. And next, Ty Conte was asked about the women's casino battle royal, um, and as well as the dark orders tension. Then the bunny wa walked up and offered her a spot in the Hardy family office. Uh, Ty just ripped up the contract. Bunny stopped her, and they had a brawl. Um, they have a match on Rampage on Friday night, and yes, they are both in the casino battle royal, where we have something like nine women out of twenty-one announced, which is crazy to think that they're getting twenty-one women in this battle royal but they apparently are um and hopefully one of them will be ruby soho uh next we had dax providing an update on cash wheeler 
Um, saying that the nerves in his arm aren't firing the way they should. He's got approval for one more match. Cash walked up and said they wouldn't stop until they get their pound of flat flesh. Top guys out. Um, they are doing this match next week on Dynamite. FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. I really would have saved this for the pay-per-view, but now that we know the pay-per-view um, card, there's way too many matches. As Matthew says, if you want to see some horrible graphic photos uh they are uh on twitter and everywhere just crazy uh next we had the kenny omega promo um okay i really enjoyed this omega callus nakazawa and brandon cutler came out callus immediately interrupted shivani and said it all out they'd take out christian cage once and for all then christian's music played he came out and he played a video of Callus's and Christian's history, which is that Don Callus booked Christian for his first match in Winnipeg, then immediately fired him because <laughs> because of a ten-year-old Kenny Omega. Yes, Don Callus would not continue to book Christian in Winnipeg because Kenny Omega, who was ten, like. Christian was some sort of like threat to ten-year-old Kenny Omega. It's bizarre, but I love it. I love it that they're using actual history. I love seeing the old videos. I can't believe what old Don Callis looked like. He looked like Bret Hart. It was awesome. Um, so they played that video. Um, Christian called Callis a carny piece of shit. Omega said he was better at ten. Then Christian at 20, and clearly nothing has changed in 27 years. Then Don Callis said that he was just doing what every promoter does, favoring his family, like Bill Watts, Vince McMahon, and Vern Gagne. Um, but he said that this isn't Eric or Greg. This is Kenny by God Omega. No mention there of Shane McMahon, another um, not great in the ring son who was uh, given spots that he shouldn't have been. I know everyone likes Shane McMahon, so don't hate me for saying that. Christian then said that he didn't hear that because he fell asleep standing up. Um, and then he said, what's what's weirder is that you manipulated Kenny at 10 or that it's still happening. It's just so funny that this is about 10-year-old Kenny Omega. Like, I love this. Then Kenny had line of the night saying, you think you know me to Christian? Of course, that is the edge line, the edge, um, edge, uh, music, uh, kicker. And then Don said, you want to talk about family and be parcel? He took off his scarf and said, hold my scarf. <laughs> I love him. I love him so much. Uh, Chris Callis said that at all like Christian would find out what Callis has known his entire career. Christian is second best. Uh, Christian attacked uh, but was overwhelmed by the numbers, leading to Frankie Kazarian, the elite hunter. That's still a thing to run at and make the save. I love this segment. Um, I think this was... Okay, this is a show where my favorite my favorite parts of the show were not wrestling matches. They were Chris Jericho and his promo, CM Punk and his promo, and this exchange between Don Callis, who was... 10 out of 10, Kenny Omega and Christian. Um, 
Look, I wasn't excited about Christian facing Kenny Omega. I wasn't excited at all because when it was booked, it was just like Christian, he's like one of the least exciting ex-WWE guys we have. Like, why is Christian getting a title shot? Then they spiced it up. They spiced it up by having Christian win the Impact Championship from Kenny because it was like, okay, wow, that actually happened. And now we have this amazing backstory about Don Callis being an absolute psycho who in order to protect his 10 year old not nephew but like like his friend's nephew he tried to sabotage the career of Christian by not booking him in the wonderful Winnipeg territory it's crazy but it works because they've got the footage I love it I love Don awesome um, and Kenny's You Think You Know Me line was wonderful because we all saw, uh, as we came down to SummerSlam, Edge tried to get himself over by playing that brood mu- music. Um, I thought him giving the tar bath, whatever the black goo was to Seth, looked terrible because it wasn't blood. But the, br- the brood song is a total banger and anyone could get over with that um and his entrance at summer sam was was awesome so anyway a little funny um edge reference there however i just love this segment it was so 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 great um yeah aw can get you suddenly invest in something um only thing about this segment i wish they'd included some of the landstorm clips from the road Two video me too i love seeing landstorm uh, on road Two. i love landstorm and Landstorm's delivery of not just lines and promos, but like just the way he actually talks. Um, I love listening to listening to him and Brian on Wrestling Observer. Uh, and oh, speaking of Landstorm, I think it's about two weeks old now. But uh, Jericho and Stor- and Lance's most recent podcast together is is really good, where they watch uh, one of his matches with Hoven uh, Chukarar and Landstorm like critiques it like he would if you did his virtual training course it's really good um okay then we had john moxley backstage so john moxley has been like issuing a challenge to anyone in new japan and he like sent a blank contract and the person who answered it is kojima uh he's moxley's insulted that he that kojima Feels like he can go toe-to-toe with him. Once the bell rings, he had no respect for anyone at all. It will be a public execution of Kojima. Um, So, look, they couldn't get Tanahashi. They couldn't get Minoru Suzuki, who is coming to America a few days later and has, like, the most amazing freaking schedule. Um, I think Kojima is a letdown. I'm really sorry. I don't think Kojima was watching. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, as Redmond Survivor says, like the tease was Tanahashi, and that's not who we got, it's Kojima. And I think that, uh, if it hadn't have been made so clear that Moxley was getting a New Japan match in the pay per view, they wouldn't have put this on the pay per view because this is a dynamite match. But it just turned out that, like, all they could get was Kojima, and it's like, okay, you can have a spot in pay per view card. Um, and it's a stacked card. So, yeah. Sorry, Paul. Or sorry, John. I said Paul because next, Paul White. John joined commentary as the factory 
QT, Marshall, Nick Comorado, and Aaron Solo defeated the Gun Club, Billy Gun, Austin Gun, and Colton Gun. Uh, Billy and Comorado, they faced off at the start, then Austin and Solo tagged in. There was a clothesline from QT in the apron, which allowed the factory to take control. Um, then we went to commercial. Back from the commercial, Comorado was in control. Solo tagged in. He allowed Austin to skip to Colton for a hot tag. Colton hit corner splashes in Solo and QT. Uh, QT taunted and pointed at White in commentary. So Billy Gunn rolled him up for the quick win. QT Marshall can't even get a win. When he's about to face Paul White. Um, yeah, I can't believe this. Uh, this match did not have a place on this Dynamite, I have to say. Um, I enjoy QT a lot. I think I enjoy QT so much more than other people. This wasn't the night. This wasn't the night. Also, distraction finish, as Redmond Survivor said, to WWE. To WWE for me as well. Um yeah, Tanola, of all the guys in the match, QT is the one that shouldn't have taken the pin. Yeah, as I said on Wrestling Daily, I mean, how short do you think this um, Paul White-QT match is going to be? Shorter than Becky and Bianca? I wonder, I wonder. Um, next, moving on to something that was very good. Dan Lambert is back, and he's with the Man of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Um. He said some hilarious stuff about um, AEW fans wanting to see like Sammy Guevara proposing to his girlfriend last week, Orange Cassidy. Um, he even mentioned people crying just because a guy turned up for work, punk. Um, they don't want to see tough guys. Uh, Lambert has brought real men who will stand up to the woke masses like Sky and Paige. Um, they mentioned uh, Paige's martial arts background as well as Scorpio Sky's MMA background. I thought it was really cool and giving those two legitimacy. And he's one hell of a promo is Dan Lambert. That's not a hot take. Everybody knows that. And he could teach a lot of wrestlers a thing or two. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, at first I was like, really? You're pairing him with Men of the Year? He sold me on this. He sold me on this tonight. Um, Ethan, uh, because Ethan Page is such a heel, and I mean that in the best way. Um, okay. Then... Aaron Anderson was asked about the experience difference between his son and Black. He said Brock, Brock Black. He said Brock is in over his head, but he's an Anderson and he's got guts. Unfortunately, good doesn't always conquer evil. Um, he won't go down. He'll go down with Brock either way. So, um, Black, Malachi Black comes out, awesome, awesome entrance as usual. Um, Black immediately cornered Brock, he laid in lots of strikes. Aaron considered throwing in the towel because that's what dads do, but instead he dropped it. Black demanded Aaron throw it in, allowing Brock to surprise Black with strikes to Black's quad. Black came back with an overhead throw and the spinning heel kick for the squash victory. Man, this kick of Malachi Black is really really over. After the match, Black grabbed a chair. He faced off with Aaron in the ring. Aaron told him to get rid of the chair and square up. Aaron blocked the spinning heel kick, so Black kicked him low and hit the spinning heel kick, leaving both Anderson's lane. Uh, and then there was a pause and the music of Lee Johnson hit. 
but nobody knew, not even JR, who was signing off the show before Excalibur was like, no, wait, Lee Johnson's here. Um, this ending to the show, I thought, felt really flat. Um, people didn't know who Lee Johnson was, and that's not Lee Johnson's fault. Um, Lee Johnson's great, but we haven't seen enough of him to be excited or react in any way for him coming out and not he wasn't even making the save though because they they'd already been beaten down um he was just like coming out i don't know to assess the damage uh i just thought it was is a bad spot and i was watching this thinking okay this we all know it's going to be a total squash there's only a couple of minutes uh left in the show um and uh yeah like I just thought, like, okay, something big's going to happen at the end. Maybe Cody's coming back. I didn't really think Cody was coming back because he has to leave it longer. But you know what I mean? I thought something was going to happen. And I think, like, just the ending of Arn Anderson, like, laying in the ring, holding his junk because he got hit, and then Lee Johnson running out was just not the ending that I was expecting here. Um, I thought they needed to end in something bigger. Uh, Malachi Black's fantastic. I would put Malachi Black in, in the main event every day. But... The opponent, it just wasn't there. And people aren't invested in Arn Anderson's son. I've never been a fan of father-son storylines. I really dislike them. So this, I was just like, oh, it's another father-son storyline. I would have liked to see a better match for Malachi Black. Dustin would have been a better match, I think. Um, and someone that would have been more recognizable. Um, because this is sadly heading towards a Cody return. Cody needs to lose again at... Uh, and again, feud over. Yeah. Um, well, well, let me tell you what is this week's Rampage lineup for tomorrow night. Um, I won't be telling you any, it, this is a pre-taped episode of Rampage, but I won't be telling you any spoilers. I haven't read any spoilers, so I don't even know the spoilers, but they all, they are out there. Uh, Ty Conte versus the Bunny, um, the number one contender match, Jurassic Express versus Lucha Bros, and then Kenny Omega and Brandon Cutler versus Christian Cage and Frankie Kazarian. Pumped for that. Pumped for that, my man. Frankie Kazarian getting a big spot. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, please don't write any spoilers in the chat, guys, because I have avoided spo spoilers. And my pal, Redmond Survivor, has um, avoided spoilers. So don't spoil it for us. Um, then next week on Dynamite, we have Brian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans, FTR versus Santana and Ortiz, Chris Jericho being interviewed by Jim Ross, MJF sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone. Um, and I will just tell you as before I sign off, what is the all-out lineup? Because it felt like we had no card for all-out in so long. And now we have a massive card. Like out of nowhere, we have a full card. So the full, the well. As it stands, the full card uh, for All Out is uh, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage, CM Punk versus Darby Allen, uh, Britt Baker, DMD versus Chris Statlander, Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express or Lucha Bros, Andrade El Idolo versus Pac, MJF versus Chris Jericho, Paul White versus QT Marshall, and a Women's Casino, Casino Battle Royal will be on the buy-in. Woo! Guys, one hour, 20 minutes. Is this one of the longest AEW weeklies ever? 
How did we manage that off the back of that dynamite? How did we manage that? <laughs> oh, that just proves that we always have so much to say about AEW, no matter what. Um, so thank you to everyone who watched live. I appreciate it so much. I saw quite a few new names today. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Um, anyone that's new, and I hope you I see you again. Um, I'm gonna be sticking with Thursdays for a while at least because I do want to um do a show about rampage and I want to do that on Saturdays. And yeah. Um, I, I basically I had to move to Thursdays because I don't think there's any point talking about Dynamite on a Friday. It's like there's so much going on. You know, you know what it's like. It's hard. Um, but I really appreciate you guys um, coming and joining me on a Thursday when I've gotten you all so used to Friday. Uh, don't forget uh, to subscribe. I know I'm sure you all have, but, you know, please subscribe, especially if you're watching uh, on the catch up and download the aw weekly podcast it's not just this there is other stuff as well you can head to my twitch if you want to watch me watch cm punk debut in aew don't forget to follow me on twitter at stephanie m cheers on instagram at stephanie and cheers get hyped for all out week that is coming next week i can't wait i'm putting together uh fun stuff for you if you live in london come watch all out with me and hooked on wrestling and yeah thank you guys so much this was a really really fun show maybe it was my chair um maybe it was the thursday evening setting maybe it was just how wonderful you all were with your comments but thank you guys so much and i will see you next week Bye.